It is required of every man that his spirit travel far. Lending help to those he can, no matter who they are. But if you don't go forth in life, spreading joy and easing pain, your spirit will go forth in death, and you shall wear a chain. Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome to the first brand new episode of this year's series of Christmas Carol coverage. This is also, quite likely, even between both my podcasts, the most normal Christmas movie I'm doing all year. I suppose Hallmark movies are semi-normal in their own cheesy Hallmark way, but even then, they're a bit weird in their own cheesy Hallmark way, too. But that's the discussion for a future episode, because we will have a Hallmark episode coming later this month. Just wait. Although, actually, this is kind of a Hallmark episode, too, because today we're talking about A Christmas Carol, the musical. It's not the lovey-dovey rom-com kind of Hallmark movie you're probably used to. This film is actually a Hallmark film because that's who made it. This was way before they carved out their Christmas niche. But maybe this one helped pave the way for such classics as The Nine Lives of Christmas, A Shoe Addict's Christmas, and Boyfriends of Christmas Past, which that last one I've been told is another kind of Christmas Carol adaptation. So I think we might actually be watching that one this year too. Anyway, today I'm joined by my friend Mark Brown. He actually requested to do this one with me ages ago, probably at least two years ago, before I even had every version ever of its own podcast. This version stars Kelsey Grammer as Scrooge, and as the title would imply, this is a musical. It's actually a musical with songs from Alan Menken of Disney fame. He was one of the driving forces of the Disney Renaissance, and you can definitely tell that listening to the music here. This film just has that flavor. Anyway, I think that's enough for me. Let's get into this episode talking about A Christmas Carol the Musical with Mark Brown. You were the one who had requested this one probably, I feel like it was ages ago. So had you seen this one? I did. Um, there was one year, I want to say maybe 2018, um, where I, like, during the December, I kind of watched uh, as many Christmas Carol adaptations as I could. Mm-hmm. And um, this was one that I found. And I, I liked it a lot. So I figured when you brought this up about doing you know, the Christmas Carol uh, episode on the podcast, I said, let's do this one. <laughs> Have you seen it before? No, this is the first time I've seen it. <laughs> I feel like I might have heard about it, though, and I don't know, I don't know for sure, but a few years ago, I don't remember exactly when, um, my friend Sol Carlos, she was in a play and she talked about it because she did a Christmas Carol episode with me. We did the Disney version and I feel like it might have been this one because I think she said it was songs by Alan Menken. Yeah, yeah, then it most it would have been this one. And if if I'm remembering right, I haven't gone back to listen to the episode. I probably shouldn't <laughs> find out if I'm remembering what she said correctly. Then it was probably this. Makes sense because it is it is a it is a popular stage musical version of it okay yeah i i enjoyed it i think it had some issues i think it could have been better but i did like it i think for a tv movie it yeah yeah, i like i think that's that's what makes it really really enjoyable if if i'm if if i was rating this as a theatrical film i think it might have lost some points somewhere (laughs) yeah i think that's probably how i feel too i think the the tv budget is what held it back but for a tv movie 
it's better than some that I've seen. No, definitely. It's really one of the better ones. And, uh, I mean, first of all, it, I, I hadn't, before I saw this movie, I hadn't heard about, I didn't even know there was a Christmas Carol musical done with Alan Menken who did the music. So oh. I, I think I discovered it after I'd seen the movie for the first time. I was like, wow, these songs are generally really good. <laughs> yeah. the I mean, if you're thinking about it, you can kind of tell that he was behind it because there's just something about the way he writes music that just feels like Alan Menken, I guess. I don't know. It just felt like it fit in with some of the other movies that he's done in the past. Yeah, it has style. a Disney-esque feel. That's very true. And Lynn Aherns, I think, if I pronounce her name correctly, she she was a lyricist. And um, she she's done a lot of other Broadway plays as well, I think, like Anastasia and... Um, What's that one called? One on the island or once on this island or something like that. And a couple of other things. So I, I, I admire her, her, her skill as a lyricist as well. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I know her. Yeah. I didn't know her until <laughs> to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But this is, um, I guess the first thing that stands out or, you know, it's Kelsey Grammer as Scrooge is another example mm-hmm. of, an American person playing Scrooge, which, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, for some, it, it works sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. You got like George C. Scott. And I, th- I think this this is a case where it does work because I think Kelsey Grammer generally, in most of his roles, as he's, he's known and he does speak with a, like a, what do they call it, a mid, mid-Atlantic accent, so. Yeah, yeah, you could, I can see that, yeah. He, I feel like, he could have done a little bit better, but I don't think that's on him. I think it's the fact that this is a musical and he kind of had to sing and it kind of took away from his edge. That's true. Because, like, Scrooge has an edge, but hearing him... Like, at the beginning, he doesn't really sing, but he sort of talks, sings. Like, he, everything he's saying is in rhythm with the people around him and he's rhyming. And I feel like that kind of takes away from any sort of angry gruffness that Scrooge should have. I don't know, it's maybe softens him a bit, and I don't think it was meant to, but it felt like that to me. And and again, I don't think that's on Kelsey Grammer at all. I think it's just the nature of the musical. Yeah, I think, I think you make a good point there. Especially in that first song, the... Um... I forget the name of it now. Where, where, where? The one you know what you're talking about, where he's just toxing and mm-hmm. just co- complaining about everybody. Yeah, I think it's nothing to do with me. Nothing. Yes, it's nothing to do with me. Yes. And then one thing I liked about this this version of you know of the uh, billion versions of Christmas Carol that there are are out there, and you've probably <laughs> done like half of them, <laughs> if not more. <laughs> and, I don't know. Uh, I've done a bunch. <laughs> almost done i'm sure and um uh, what i liked was you know the wizard of oz um esque piece of it where he actually meets three people who end up becoming the the ghosts the ghosts um prior before he you know goes through his apparitions that kind of reminded me well it reminded me of a hallmark version and actually this technically is a hallmark movie too because hallmark was the production company behind it yeah i think you were going to tell me that yeah there's a version that was made i think in the 90s i'm trying to remember which one it was you remember who played scrooge it was a woman oh okay okay. it was one of the gender swapped ones Mm -hmm. and if you if you like look through my podcast, there's one like I specifically called it the I think the gender swapped Scrooges or something, because I did a bunch with Rachel and they all were like either Hallmark or Hallmark esque. And Abby, yeah. Abby, that's who it was. Abby, that's the one. She before she goes on the adventure, she meets people who end up being the ghosts. Oh, okay, is that was that Cicely Tyson? No, no. Um, did she do one? 
Oh, it's just okay. It's just the Tyson was in. Oh, okay. Miss, Miss Scrooge. Oh yeah, I am doing that this year. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say there's a few more Hallmark ones, and I was gonna see if she's the one who is the lead in that one. I haven't watched it yet. Okay, Ebenita. That's her name. Ebenita okay. Scrooge. <laughs> yeah. So I am going to do that one this year in a couple weeks uh, Rachel and another one of the Hallmarkies are joining me to do some Hallmark versions including Miss Scrooge which is that one that she stars in now Ebby was it was another one that took was made and takes place in the 90s and I don't, I'm not sure how similar the storylines are be I don't think it's the same because I think Ebby with um Susan Susan Lucci I think so. Yeah, it looks like she has, she has like, it was a light it was a lifetime film. She has like a shopping mall and I think in Miss Scrooge she might have a bank. Either way, I it's they're the they're nineties set ones. They're like set in the nineties, made and set in the nineties. But yeah. And I don't know if Miss Scrooge will be the same, but in Ebby she met the ghosts and they're all people who work for her. And then they showed up later as the ghosts. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, fascinating. Yeah, it was like, kind of an interesting touch. I didn't think of Wizard of Oz, but now that you say that, yeah, it is. It is like a, yeah. several versions of Wizard of Oz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially the most famous one version too. And, um, the, the the woman who plays the ghost of Christmas Future that's Geraldine Chapman. That's Charlie Chaplin's daughter. <laughs> Really? Yes. Oh, okay. I had no idea. So that's uh, this interesting fact right there. Charlie Chaplin's daughter in the <laughs> Christmas Carol movie with Kelsey Grammer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I recognized the other two ghosts, but I didn't recognize her. Yeah. It was kind of interesting. The person that plays the ghost of Christmas past, Jane Krakowski, it was weird seeing her in a serious role because I've only seen her like be ridiculous like she's one of the main characters in i want i wanted to call it the incredible kimmy schmidt but it's not the incredible kimmy schmidt oh unbreakable uh, the schmidt? unbreakable kimmy yeah. schmidt. i haven't watched it in a while she's hilariously weird and it was kind of weird seeing her in a serious role i haven't i don't think i've seen her much in live action but i've, I've seen animation things where she's been voices for so Oh, okay. Um, but in terms of live action, I haven't seen her in many things. Okay. And then the Ghost of Christmas present. Jesse L. Martin, yeah. Yeah, well, when I first saw him, I was like, he looks vaguely familiar, but I wasn't sure I knew him. So I looked him up. He actually plays the Flash's dad, or his adopted dad, on the CW's Flash. Okay. Captain Joe West <laughs> and he's older so he he looks a little different but there was enough of him in this that I I recognized something I just had to look him up to trigger where I knew him from yeah, and this movie came out in 2004 and when I, whenever I watch movies that came out in like the 2000s which in my mind is still not that long ago but yeah. this is 17 <laughs> years ago <laughs> I know I know. I think but wow I'm old <laughs> yeah yeah, I have those moments years. as well. And I mean, I I, I love Jason Alexander. Marley. <laughs> I don't think I knew he was in there, and then he shows up, and I was like, "What?" He looked like the penguin from Batman. <laughs> I I can see that. I can totally see that, especially from like Batman Returns, especially. It just just his whole. The makeup and the wild hair. He yeah. Just, he looked like the penguin to me. Totally. I wonder if there's a Batman version of a Christmas Carol in like any of the shows. I mean, that'd be something. There probably is something like that. I should yeah. look into that. That would be funny. It seems yeah. like it seems like something is kind of obvious. Yeah, that's true. Like Bruce doesn't celebrate Christmas anymore. <laughs> He gets the ghost of the Joker, please. One of the ghosts. <laughs> the penguin, and then, I don't know. And Mr. Freeze has to be involved because it's <laughs> ice and winter. Ah, and it has to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
<laughs> but yeah, Jason Alexander, I I, I loved him in, in this role. His, the sad thing about Marley is in most adaptations is you don't see him a lot. Yeah. But um, you know, I I, I just love seeing him whenever I did see him in this movie. Mm-hmm. And his song is my favorite song in this movie, Link by Link. I love that song so much. Every I I've been singing mm-hmm. it like the whole week. Yeah, it was good. It was kind of weird though because it turned into this. It was like a zombie dance party, <laughs> which I was not expecting either. That is true, because I, I I think I think that's kind of how it goes, like on the stage musical. So I guess yeah, probably. They... <laughs> well, I think in the book, I I feel like he like looks out the window and there's like spirits flying around everywhere. So I think this yeah. is probably them taking that scene and moving it into something that works on stage. That is true. But yeah, he, he was he was he was a, he was a joy, <laughs> and he can sing because he like he he's done stage musicals before, and you know he's sung in like mm-hmm. animated movies, Hunchback of Notre Dame, stuff like that. Yeah. So, I, I loved seeing that. I'm not sure that I recognized anybody else though. Oh wait, I did in- recognize one other person, sort of. I think but I know I, who it is, but go ahead. The person I. <laughs> Her name in the book is Mrs. Dilber, but for some reason she's Mrs. Mops in this. Oh, oh okay, so the, like the old cleaning lady? Yes. Which, <laughs> why did they change it to Mrs. Mops? That's kind of dumb. But I think that's like right on the nose. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Anyway, I thought she looked sort of familiar, and I looked her up. She played the grandmother of one of the companions on Doctor Who for a couple of episodes. So okay. that's why I knew her. Yeah, I wasn't um, she's I wasn't familiar with her because uh, I've actually never seen Doctor Who, so Okay. It's one, it's one of my uh, TV movie guilty guilty um <laughs> confessions. Doctor Doctor Who, Star Trek and Harry Potter. Never seen any. Of them. <laughs> but um the the one the one I was thinking of that I thought you were going to say was Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, yeah. I am I don't know her. I recognize the name. Mm-hmm. So I looked her up and I was like, oh, okay. So I know it's a, she's like a big star, but I'm not sure I've ever seen anything she's been in. If, you, if you've seen the Garfield movies from the 2000s, she was... Um, no, I haven't. <laughs> okay, well, she was in there. <laughs> yeah, she she surprised me because I didn't know she could sing, and I thought she sang pretty well. Which is another song I love from um, "Place Like Home," I think it's called, okay, where yeah. she 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 sings it with. Um, so so she for those who don't know, she plays uh, Scrooge's love from when, when he was younger, but they changed her name to Emily <laughs> instead of Belle, apparently, yeah. to not get confusion of being the Beast. But I, I don't know if that's the real reason or not. But or whatever <laughs> but yeah and she sings with the younger Scrooge I don't know that actor's name but it's a, it's a really I love that song a lot it's a really touching song and especially when the the the, the Kelsey Grammer Scrooge joins in and just kind of breaks down there well I suppose if she's in that Garfield if I ever I had a weird idea of doing like you've probably heard all of the I don't know if you could call it a controversy, but Chris Pratt is apparently playing Garfield. So I had this weird idea of doing every version ever of Garfield. (laughs) So if I ever do do that, then I'll see her in whatever she's in. Nice. Well, I I guess that's, there aren't many movies, but I guess you'll see all the shows and the TV specials as well. Yeah, yeah. That's really fun. I'll join you in any of those if you need someone else. Sure, yeah. I I don't know if anybody else would be in... I mean, I could probably find a cousin who would be interested in the old Garfield, but most people don't care much about Garfield these days. I grew up loving Garfield, so... Uh, he's my favorite. My favorite my favorite comic strip, as well as my... I, I watched the Garfield and Friends show a lot mm. as well. Yeah, I loved that when I was... when it was on when I was a kid. Yeah, I still watch, like, a excuse me, episodes that I find now on Boomerang or YouTube or whatever. Yeah, I haven't seen it in decades. <laughs> <laughs> and another another cool um, person in this movie, the, the guy who plays Mr. Fezziwig, is Brian Bedford. 
And for the Disney fans, he is the voice of Robin Hood in Disney's Robin Hood. Really? Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I guess this probably was like 30 years later. Yeah, yeah. Because Robin Hood was, I guess, mid-70s. And this yeah. is like 30, yeah. So he is old now. <laughs> well, he's, he's passed now, but at that time mm. it was 30 years later. Wow, yeah, I never would have caught that. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen him in a movie besides this, so it was nice to see how, he's, how he acts in real life. Uh-huh. Was there anyone else you recognized? Because I don't think I really recognized many other people. I think that's pretty much it. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't think the actor who played Ben Cratchit... Um, no, not Bob, Bob, Bob Cratchit. Cratchit. <laughs> I don't think I don't think he was a big actor or did anything else really much. No, his those. name wasn't even clickable on Wikipedia. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sign. Apparently, the kid kid who played Tiny Tim was like a big YouTube star for a while. Yeah, I was going to mention that he was some musician or social media star or something, something that the youngins know about. <laughs> yeah, I looked up his page and I didn't recognize him or any of his videos, so. Not someone I was familiar with. Yeah, but I think I think he's one of those like one one hit wonders. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, in terms of movies, like they act in one movie and then yeah, that's the like Must like Pe- like Peter Ostrom and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That's the only movie he ever yeah. acted in. Huh? <laughs> they be, they become a veterinarian. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of an interesting thing that he has to tell people now. Exactly. I'm sure if, if I were him, I'd definitely milk that every time someone comes to my veterinary's <laughs> office. Come get your cat looked at by Willy Wonka's successor. What, a, what did what did Gene, uh, what's his name? Gene Wilder smell like? Well, let me <laughs> That is a very random question that you could ask a person. Exactly. Well, I, I'm assuming all the people who come to him are kids, and that's, I think, what they would ask. <laughs> I, I don't think that would have ever even crossed my mind. <laughs> yeah, I got her from Ken Jennings. Um, uh, when he would do his tours after his when when on, wins on Jeopardy, and he would ask, you know, he would he would talk about like random stuff. People would ask him. And he'd be like the old ladies would ask me like what the Alex Trebek smelled like. <laughs> <laughs> that is very strange. <laughs> I'm just imagining little old ladies asking what people smell like. <laughs> oh gosh! But yeah, I think that's everyone else from the in terms of the cast that I could recognize. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite characters in the book, and I usually enjoy any adaptation that has this character, like a lot of the characters, Fan, um, Scrooge's sister. I'm not sure. Is she named Fan in the book too, or is that just in the movies? Now that you say that, you have me questioning whether it is or not because I'm so used to her just being called Fan. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes, sometimes there'll be a a version that does something, and then almost every version after that just takes that, exactly. and then it gets confused as to what was in the book and what was made up for a specific version that was adapted or adopted exactly. by everyone else. I'm looking through the Wikipedia page to see if yes, Fan is the name of his sister in the book okay Okay. so that's not something that somebody made up for a version and it's stuck so if I remember correctly in this version I don't think we see Fan much if at all, does she appear? yeah, she is and she's called Fan too Okay. But I she doesn't remember. have that big of a role. Okay. She's, she's in the courtroom scene because they added. Yes, a yes. Okay. Flashback. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. There was a flashback when, when he writes the letter to her. Okay. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was something that they added to this one that I, I've never seen in any other version, which is that Scrooge's tragic backstory that kicks off his life of miserliness is that his father goes to, like, debtor's prison or something, and as he's being hauled away, he tells Scrooge to save his money so this doesn't happen to him. Which now is that you, slightly now that you ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
now that you mentioned it, yeah, I don't think I've that I've ever seen that motivation in any Scrooge or Crystal Carol adaptation. Yeah, no, I've I've never seen that. I I assuming they made it up for this one, unless it's from some obscure one that I've never seen before. Wow, <laughs> good old dad. <laughs> I don't mind when versions give people a backstory, but no. sometimes it feels a little too on the nose. Yeah, like it's too scripted. Especially since he eventually becomes, like, basically evil. Because, well, like, with Fezziwig, he basically turns against Fezziwig and yeah. ruins his business by not letting him borrow money. And I I feel like if you are miserly because of something tragic that happened, you would be more compassionate and try to see that it doesn't happen to other people beyond just yourself. Yeah, if 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 you have a moral heart, I would say. Yeah. I think that's the, the key thing there with the characters. And it felt like they were trying to like give him some sort of scrap of morality but I don't know if they did it right <laughs> I don't know and is this um, how many adaptations do we actually see Marley die is that something I we see a lot I can't I've, remember off the top of my head if I've seen it before I haven't seen it very often I'm trying to remember this one, one does I, and it's another reason we get to see Jason Alexander again <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I thought it was funny because you have the you're like you're in the flashbacks and you've got the two Marley and Scrooge young and like they're all good looking and then it fast forwards and then they're them older. And I just thought it was kind of hilarious that they went from being like basically hot to not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like even not that they're not good yeah, looking but they're like, like made up and their hair is all crazy yeah. and yeah, i just thought it was kind of a hilarious juxtaposition yeah, definitely because there's not much of a jump in between the two scenes if i remember no not really they're they go from turning away Fezziwig to fast forward and then <laughs> they're old and semi-decrepit like i know one thing in the book is where that scene is where they like they look at like they like pan to different people and like there's like fishing ships or like a lighthouse or something like that i know that's something that a lot of adaptations don't mm -hmm. bring in their versions then the only one i can think that does that is the 1999 one with patrick stewart okay i haven't seen that one Okay. The one that I'm thinking of that does that one is the 70-something animated one. I reviewed that one with Eli. Was oh, that with Richard, uh, the one with Alistair Sim of the voice? I think so, yeah. Okay. That one had a scene that it kind of seemed like it didn't have any bearing on the rest of the story, but it was from the book, so... yeah. I think that's the main reason it's cut from a lot of adaptations because yeah. you kind of go without it. Yeah. And I liked how, you know, Geraldine Chapman is a ghost. So Jane Krakowski is a ghost of Christmas present. She, she is a very uh, what's magical kind of, she has that vibe around her, magical mm -hmm. fairy-like vibe. And Jesse L. Martin, I could see him as the ghost of Christmas present in the Santa suit and all that. And Geraldine mm -hmm. Chaplin, I I love how she barely talks. I think the only time she ever speaks is at the end of the movie when the the the, the lady who she plays, not not a not as the ghost, when she actually mentions like when Scrooge gives her money or whatever. But I think yeah. as as the ghost, she doesn't say anything. Yeah, in as a ghost, she's basically mute. Yeah, she only talks when she's not a ghost. Exactly. That was a pretty mystic, not mystical was the word, uh, not creepy, but it gave the right vibe. I want to say like ethereal, but that almost seems like too beautiful of a I word would, to use. Jane Krakowski, I would 
if I had to use ethereal, I'd, I'd yeah, probably her that's better for her. <laughs> she almost seemed like a fairy or something. Exactly. Yeah, that was that's the point I was trying to get across. Like she does have that fairy like quality. I did like the touch though that, and I don't remember how she came into the story, but at the end of her time with Scrooge it was kind of a nod to the book because in the book, the ghost of Christmas past is they're like a candle flame and Scrooge snuffs them out. And he did that to her. She was more like smoke at the end though. So it wasn't quite the same, but it was kind of a nod to the scene in the book. One that, that comes to my mind is the 2009 one with Jim Carrey. Cause I think his yes. ghost of Christmas past is very much like the candle. Yeah. The, the 2009 one, for all the weird things in that one, it's like one of the most faithful adaptations of the story. I think the motion capture is probably what helps them to be able to do the, the faithful adaptation there. Yeah. I'm, I'm still not 100% on board with the Uncanny Valley look of it. Oh, but in terms of writing, it's almost spot on. They, the only... Th- things that I can think of that they sort of add in that don't need to be there are when they like really are playing into the 3d. Yeah. Like when there's the, the mini screw, mini Scrooge has like a, size yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, they're doing that because they want when the, for the audience in the theaters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're wearing their 3d glasses. They want a good 3d scene. But yeah. Other than that, it's weirdly one of the most faithful versions which I which I was not expecting from that from a Jim Carrey Disney movie. Exactly, Jim Carrey. Well, and with the you know with with this version being a musical and well, you know there's already you know a bajillion Christmas Carol adaptations, but there's also mm-hmm. half a bajillion musical Christmas Carol adaptations, <laughs> and you know there's like up up until last year there were talks of i think there were even at least two more musical christmas adaptations in the works being made by other companies and like i i love i love the story of christmas carol and i love my musicals so i would that yeah. i appreciate and accept any musical that comes my way then that i like but my my only concern is how many how many different songs can you make that describe the same scenes over and over again. There's only so many songs Marley is going to be able to sing to, you know, get Scrooge to repent. There's only so many songs that F- Fuzzy Wig is Fuzzy Fuzzy Wig is going <laughs> to. Well, he was Fuzzy Wig in that other thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> Fuzzy Wig. There's only so many songs he's he's going to sing at the at the Christmas party. There's only so many songs Scrooge will sing at the end. Like mm-hmm. there's only there's only so many ways you could just. I feel you could put their emotions into words that I don't know. I just don't know how, I mean, it's been proven that with so many adaptations of the story that, you know, they keep coming and there's still new adaptations with good Mm -hmm. and and bad things, but especially with the musicals, I don't know how, just how many more ways can you describe these musical scenes? Yeah. I don't know. It, it depends on the writer, whoever they get to write it is going to make or break the thing. Did you, like, are the ones that you heard about, are they still in production or? I haven't heard about them in a while, but I know one of them was Disney was doing a version called Marley. So it's, it's, uh, it's, t- it's being told from Marley's perspective, which is going to be very interesting. I don't know. Mm. Uh, I guess maybe they're going to give him a redemption story after Scrooge, Scrooge gets redeemed that maybe Marley's sentence gets sh- shorter or whatever. But I know that's going to be a musical adaptation. Huh. Okay. But the other ones that are more like straightforward adaptations of of the sh- of the book, I, I just don't know because, like you know, the the, the Mister Fezziwig song in this movie is called December twenty fifth, and then in Scrooge with Albert Finney, they have they have another song there for the same Mister Fezziwig um, dance um, Christmas party, and I'm sure for a lot of other adaptations. They have a song for the same exact scene. Mm-hmm. I just don't know, like, how many more ways can you describe the scene? I guess that's in in music. I guess we'll find out if they we'll find if out. they can or they can't. Exactly. They'll try, but whether it's successful or not, I guess we'll find out. Because I think 
if I'm not mistaken, even this version, not of the movie, but of the of the musical stage musical, I think there are also other Christmas Carol stage musicals as well. I mean, I'm, if I'm not wrong, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, because they they'll do that with a lot of big stories. They'll have, I think there might be multiple versions for the stage that are musicals of Little Women. So I feel like there was a bunch that I kept finding when I was doing research for the Little Women series I did toward the beginning of the year. But they haven't been made into movies, so there's not really a good way for me to review them. Unless I find, like, bootleg camera versions yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> but I don't really want to do that. So. Some guy with a camcorder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if somebody made, like, a proper they filmed it on purpose version of a stage musical, I'd totally do that. Like Hamilton or something like that. Yeah, something like that. I wish, I really wish people would do that more. I th- I'm sure I've said this in other episodes for different things, but I I live in the middle of Iowa, yeah. in the middle of nowhere. I can't get to Broadway. <laughs> Somebody just make, you don't, you don't even need to remake it. Just film the stage musical like they did for Hamilton. So that we can easy, see yeah. these things. Otherwise, we we just can't. Yeah, like, not all of us can get to, to New York or London. Those are only two places. Uh-huh. that are. Otherwise, they're local shows. And otherwise, you know, if you're far away from them, you're not going to be able to see them at all. Yeah. Or maybe even afford them or whatever. But no, I'm with you. Like, um, I think there's a streaming site called Broadway HD. And I think they do have a lot of film... Broadway musicals on there to watch. Hmm. I know one music. I was very interested recently, like I say recently, I mean like two or three years ago with, they made a new musical version of The Wind in the Willows and I loved the soundtrack. Like it was one of those musicals where I loved literally every single song. So I wanted wanted to see the musical and then I found out it was on that streaming site. I didn't um, didn't sign up, but I, I know it exists. I'll have to look into that because if they have other versions of things on there, yeah, you, you it might be yeah. worth watching or worth signing up for. Yeah, it might be worth your while, especially. So I'd, yeah, I'd say look into that. Yeah, interesting. But yeah, I wish they were just there were just more available, mm. <laughs> like you like you say. We we're talking about things that don't usually get included, and one thing that I liked that they included that doesn't always get included was ignorance and want which is a weird scene which is why it usually gets cut but i like that they included it and the kids were very homely looking (laughs) (laughs) They, they they did a good job in either casting or makeup or both for those kids you got the looks for this yeah (laughs) yeah good No, no, I agree with you that, you know, it is a scene that isn't in every version. I feel it's in more versions than not. I would say maybe half the versions I've seen have it and half didn't. But, um, yeah, it's it, this was definitely one where it was, it was interesting to see them. Yeah. That always throws me off, not not just not just because of, not, not like the horror of it, but just I never really get the message of what, what is Scrooge supposed to learn from this. Because I feel it happened so quickly, and then boom, it's he's back in his bed. It just if there's more to be learned, I feel it just come. It just kind of passes over really quickly. Yeah, I think the the moral is partly for himself, specifically the ignorance, okay. and partly so that he will step up and help those who want represents. Oh, I see, I see. I'm not 100% sure, but that's kind of my takeaway from the scene. Like, he's being ignorant, and because of that, want is flourishing. Hmm. I never thought of it that way, but that makes a lot of sense. Kind of an interesting thing that they do right after this scene. This is where he basically gets abandoned by present, and he meets future and it reminded me of beauty and the beast (laughs) because like he's somehow he's back home and then there's 
pounding on the door and he opens it up. It's the old beggar woman. But then she's suddenly the a glamorous ghost. Oh, yes, yes. I, I could see exactly what you, what you mean by that. Anyway, Which, I never thought of it that way. Alan Menken, again. So I don't know if it was true, specifically Beauty and the Beast homage, but that's what it reminded me of. I totally see it. And then I like how the whole future scene only takes place at the graveyard. Really, they don't. They don't really go. Yeah. Out, they don't go out of that that scene. Every, every every other scene that needs to take place, have they bring to the graveyard? Yeah. It, usually, it's like he's kind of going around, and he's yeah. like in his own home, and he sees Mrs. Dilber robbing his stuff or selling it. And this, like, with Mrs. Mops in this version, but she's. For some reason, his bed is in the middle of the graveyard, and she's like grabbing all his stuff off of it and selling it immediately because the guy's there too. And I don't know if Scrooge noticed, but he's like lying in the bed, practically yeah. naked, and it's kind of disturbing to see his fussy and- body there. He has so much <laughs> graying body hair. Okay. But yeah, that's that's what I I thought. I was thinking, wait, didn't he see that was him? Yeah. Why yeah. is he still asking? Yeah. But I love that song that I'm um, dancing on your grave. I love that song as well. Yeah. It's just a hauntingness to it. Mm-hmm. I can imagine what that looks like on stage. But yeah, and then the uh, let 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 the stars in the sky remind remind us of human kindness. So what I think that that's a very powerful song to end on there for that scene. Was that when? Tiny Tim died. It was at the end where that girl comes in to sing the girl whose mother died in the beginning of the movie. Remember, there's a there's a man who's asking Scrooge to pay for his wife's some um, funeral costs. Oh, okay. I yeah, didn't so, make that connection. Yeah, so when that girl comes in into the graveyard and just starts singing about. God blesses everyone, and then okay. Scrooge joins in, and, and Scrooge sees his mom and sister. Oh, yeah, so his sister was there. He sees his mom and sister. Okay. And then a whole bunch of people just come in. <laughs> yeah, okay. The, it was kind of weird, but I liked the touch that at the end of the scene in the future, his grave, like, implodes. It, like, collapses in on itself. And then, for some reason, the ghost is, like, fiendishly gleeful and is, like, flying after him. And I I don't know if she, like, dropped a blanket on him, but it almost looked like she wrapped her ghostly body around him. Yeah. And then he's all tangled in his bed sheets and he wakes up. Yeah, yeah that was a good way to connect the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, we we didn't mention it at the beginning... But there's a kid in the beginning who he's like singing and Scrooge is just basically yelling at him. He doesn't want to hear him singing. And the kid kicks him in the shins. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and, that's true. And it kind of reminded me of an old, like a really, really, really old version. There was a silent version where like the, all the kids hate Scrooge and they're like throwing snowballs at him. And, and also Scrooge... I don't know if it's the same one or a different one. Scrooge has this giant book and he just pounds a kid over the head with it. <laughs> wow. You want to see that now? No, no, of course not. <laughs> but that's be funny. That, that kind of reminded me of that. But the kid shows up again at the end, singing again. But this time, Scrooge is like overjoyed to see him. He just but drags him inside. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's weird because he like grabs him and drags him inside, and the kid doesn't even seem phased by this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if if some go- old guy who was yelling at me grabbed me and dragged me into his house, I'd be freaking out. <laughs> or, or or the friend he was with who ran away. Like, yeah, imagine, really. You think he'd like call the cops or somebody? <laughs> like old Jimmy's been kidnapped again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. I guess it's fine because he pays him a lot of money and has him go get the turkey for the Cratchits. And then another weird thing that his uh, Mrs. Mops shows up and he kisses her on the lips and she seems overjoyed about this. 
He is the closest <laughs> person in age to her. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> now everybody's going to be shipping Scrooge with Mrs. Mops. <laughs> Gosh, hashtag Scrooge Mops. <laughs> hashtag Scrops. Scrops. <laughs> or Mooj. <laughs> Good thing I think this movie came out before shipping started, so they got saved Yeah, I don't know when shipping became a thing. It ends, I guess, probably. It probably was a thing before it had a name. Yeah. I I support the romantic pairing of these two people. <laughs> what about you? I support the romantic pairing of them as well. It was also kind of funny that during the whole last scene, he's like running down the street he only has like a shirt and vest on and if you notice mrs mops is like following him the whole time with his exactly. coat and hat <laughs> like not not getting quite close but she's like still there in the background she catches up with him near the end but yeah, yeah eventually she, she, she catches him but it takes a while the poor lady has to run <laughs> the, whole, <laughs> the whole way and then of course they do the version that isn't true to the book but it's basically the version that everybody knows where he goes to the Cratchit's house, gives them a turkey, the rays, promise to help his family. Because in the book, that happens the next day at when Cratchit comes to work. But I guess this is probably one where one version did it this way and every other version was like, yeah, that's good. Let's do that too. And I'm yeah. I'm okay with that because I do like that version. I think, I think it's also... Um... I think the filmmakers just want this all to take place on that one night. They don't want to cut to a next day scene. Yeah, it does kind of I break it, it makes, up if you wait yeah, till the next make, day. It makes more sense this way too. But yeah, I'm fine with that too. I think the seat, the movie that 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 scene pops out for me the most is the Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> when Michael 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 Caine goes to uh, deliver the uh, turkey mm-hmm. to Kermit and Miss Piggy. <laughs> I also think of Mickey's Christmas Carol with the little teddy bear seen uh, by tiny tim popping out of the bag i haven't seen that version in a long time i actually need to rewatch it because i don't remember it much yeah, it's been several years i might do that one this year okay. i don't know for sure yet but i have a friend who we've been talking for probably literally years of doing something together and i told her that i was going to be doing versions of a christmas carol she said she hasn't seen too many but she likes mickey's christmas carol so if we do something soon, we'll do that one. Nice, nice. But, yeah, I haven't seen it since probably the first year of my YouTube channel when I did, like, a YouTube video review, which is very short, with my cousins. And I haven't seen it since then. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while, a long time for me. Like, one thing I was trying to remember, what was the first version of A Christmas Carol I ever saw? Like, I just feel like I knew this story for as long as I lived. Yeah. I don't remember, I don't remember the first version I saw. I'm like, oh, this is an interesting story. There's a guy named Scrooge and some ghosts. Yeah, I don't know what the first one that I saw was. But the first one I was familiar with was Mickey's Christmas Carol. But that's because we had a book of it. And I don't think I ever saw the short uh, until, like... Maybe as an adult, I don't know, but uh, but I had a book, so I knew that version from this book, and I don't know which movie version that I saw first. Maybe it was Muppets. I don't know because Muppets have been around yeah. in my life as one of the definitive versions for, I suppose, most of my life. <laughs> it's still my favorite. Oh yeah, I was gonna ask you which which Christmas Carol is your favorite so far? Muppets. Muppets. <laughs> the with. A close second would be the George C. Scott one, because it's okay. really good. Yeah, that one is really good. Uh, um, the, the early One of the earliest Christmas adaptations I could think of that I saw, or like it was at least like the storyline was based on that, was... You ever watched Adventures from the Book of Virtues? Yes, I haven't thought of that in <laughs> decades. That was, that was one of those shows... Dad used to tape like early yeah. on Sunday mornings, and it was that. And there, I'm having more weird flashbacks. There was a different. It was it wasn't Beauty and the Beast, but it was like Bell was involved somehow. I think it was Bell from Beauty and the Beast. Was she live action? Yeah. Yeah, it was. 
I know what you're talking about. And like she would tell stories and yeah, she had like live action kids. I don't know if that was the same show or not. Story time with Belle or something like that. Something like that. I'm going to have to look that up for whenever I get to Beauty and the Beast. I know that because there's a there's a movie called Belle's Tales of Friendship, which I have a copy of. And I uh, I feel most people haven't heard of it, but it, it was a compilation of like three episodes of that show. So okay. that's what I think I'm thinking of. But um, anyway, Adventures from the Book of Virtues, I think they did an episode where it was it was either a two-part episode or one-part episode where the story was like Christmas Carol, like the girl in that show. I think she's putting on a play and she starts to get all like hard-hearted and not listening to people and not taking advice and I think it's it's based on that. So that is probably the first Christmas Carol, the, my first exposure <laughs> to the Christmas Carol story. Hmm. But yeah, that's a show I feel no one remembers now. Well, it it triggered a memory for me. I know I've used to watch it, but it's literally been decades. I oh, was yeah, probably I, I, single digits when I saw it last. Yeah, I don't. I know it's on YouTube. Like people probably uploaded episodes but probably yeah, yeah. i think it was on pbs that's where i saw it but yeah i think that's the first mike's first exposure to the christmas carol story and i don't know mm-hmm. what my favorite version is i i my, my favorite version is probably the 1951 scrooge alistair sim that's rachel's favorite version mm-hmm. and I, I liked it but what i didn't grow up with it yeah so it hasn't stuck with me as much, but it is a good version. I think one reason I like that one is they do expand a lot on Fan and Scrooge's relationships. There's a lot more. Of yes, a lot that... of a lot of the stuff that we now think of as like quintessential Christmas Carol came <laughs> from that movie, especially yeah. his relationship with Fan, and I'm I'm pretty sure even the fact of her dying in childbirth came from that version as well, because I don't yeah. think that was in the book. I think that's the only version that actually that I remember the only version I've seen that I could think of that like shows that other than like Scrooge or Fred just mentioning in it. Yeah. But that's my favorite, but I also have a very soft spot. I think, I think we, we both of us reviewed this, if I'm not mistaken, there was the, the 1997 animated version with, with Tim, Tim Curry. Curry yes. Yeah. I, I know it's, I know most people consider that one of the worst versions, but I don't know. I, I just got, I just like, like it. <laughs> I mean, what can't you? What can you not like about Whoopi Goldberg doing English accent? <laughs> it had some very memorable things about it. Sometimes not always for great reasons, but it was still very memorable. That's probably what it is. And I, I, th- I think I think Tim Curry's vocal performance as Scrooge is the most remorseful I've ever heard. Like when Scrooge gets remorseful, so mm. so when he's bitter, he's very bitter. When he gets remorseful, I feel it. Gosh, like that's the most remorseful I've ever heard him emote. <laughs> so I think that's another reason I like that one. But yeah, those two are like my top two favorites. I think the weirdest part about that is the fact that he had a dog. Like Scrooge oh, yeah. does not seem like pre pre Reformation Scrooge does not seem caring enough to even want to own a dog. So you make a good point there. <laughs> One of my least favorite versions, there's, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it's animated, another animated one from 2001 called Christmas Carol, the movie. And it has like no, Simon, Simon Callow is the voice of Scrooge and Nicolas Cage, I think was Marley. But it was really, really yes, it was really weird. And <laughs> it was one of the, it was one, uh, a spoiler alert, but I don't think you'd mind too much. But the, um, it's one of, it's the only version I've seen where, after Scrooge reforms, he actually meets back with Belle, and who's now single, and they rekindle their relationship. Huh. For me, that was so odd. But yeah, yeah. I think that's the worst version of my least favorite I've seen. <laughs> that was, that was going to be one that I was going to ask you in the future if you wanted to do. Because <laughs> I, knew, I knew about that version, and I was like, well... We both like animation. I might as well ask Mark. Well, I wouldn't I, mind, but I just know it probably won't be a very positive. <laughs> positive no, fine. If it's as bad as you say, I'll probably be right there with you. Sure, just let me know. But yeah, I think that's my least favorite I've ever seen. 
because I, I haven't seen like any of those silent versions or the original Owen version, which I hear, I hear two things about that. I hear it's either very, very good or very bad. So, which one? The nineteen thirty something with Reginald Owen. It's called Scrooge, I think. I think if it's the one I'm thinking of, the guy who played Admiral Boom in Mary Poppins, he played Scrooge. Like when it was a lot younger. <laughs> but this one is probably uh, on my top, probably my third favorite, if not third, then top five. This Christmas Carol musical one. I don't know. I'd have I'd have to like sit down and like go through each one to think where it would land for me. I will say it's better than a lot that I've seen. I'd love to see your ranking of that. It's one of those things where I feel like if I ever eventually get to the end of a list of versions, I'll do a ranking, but I got to get to the end first. As many as I've done, there are still a lot more to do. So, I don't know when I'll get to the end. It's like I'm only doing them once a year, and I'm probably not going to do more than four a year. Because I used to do, like, a lot more, but I'm trying to juggle two podcasts, plus I now work full-time. So it's hard to do more than, or as many as I would want. Although I guess I'm technically doing more than four this year, because at least one episode I'm doing with the Hallmarkies, we're doing three versions. So... I'll knock out a few more that way. <laughs> but yeah, there's still there's still a bunch more. It's it's it weird how you just keep finding things. The more you research books to find out how many things that have been made out of them, the more you find. Just I, the more the most obscure things. I I I have the uh, Hoopla um, digital app, which gives you access to you know free movies. Um, with your library system and I was looking mm-hmm. through it one day and there was there was a recent movie like I think maybe two or three years ago it came out I forget the name of it but it's 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 about Scrooge he's like like he's the ghost and he's haunting his great 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 grandson now who's like a corrupt businessman or something like that I just read I just read the um the, the synopsis of that I was like this seems interesting maybe I'll give that a just look one day let me know the title if you find it, because I want to see this now. Yeah, if I, I'll see if I can find it, I'll let you know. But yeah, it's like, this seems interesting. It's a, it's a new take on it, but I think it only had like two stars. So I think that that's almost, what... It seems like something like that Hallmark would do. Because <laughs> it's like, if it's know. modern day, and like Hallmark hates businessmen, so it kind of seems like something Hallmark would do. Right, right, but 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 your point is like it never ends. There's just too many, especially especially a Christmas Carol. Is do you think there's any other story that's been adapted as much as Christmas Carol? Alice in Wonderland, hundred percent. There's so? so 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 many versions of Alice in Wonderland. That's why I ended up making that. It was only going to be a few episodes. I was like, oh, I'll just review all the versions of Alice in Wonderland, and then I'll do a ranking, and then I just kept finding more and more and more and more. Wow. And at this point, I think I've done at least 50 episodes like of the short yeah. reviews that I used to do, plus now I'm doing podcasts, and I'm still not even close to being done. Wow. Yes, there are just some stories that you can do a lot with. Yeah, also Cinderella. Cinderella has been made so many times in so many ways. Okay, I see that. That's one I haven't done on every version ever yet, but I'm planning to once once I get there in my Disney series on the main podcast, then I'll do some more random old obscure versions of Cinderella and do an every version ever series on it because there's a lot there's a a lot of Cinderella. Well, we've kind of gotten away from talking about the movie. We were kind of at the end. I don't know how much more there is to say, but I yeah, guess I think we got to the end. Yeah, it it ends with the entire cast singing together in the streets, and you have to end with Tiny Tim's iconic line, God "And God blesses, blesses everyone." everyone. <laughs> and yeah, there's not much more I can say about that. I, I really like this version. I think Alan Menken's music 
and when Aaron's lyrics are one of the big pluses for me. I mm-hmm. like Kelsey Grammer as Scrooge. He's not my not my favorite, but I do like him. And Jason Alexander, I love as Marley. Yeah. I'm just surprised at all the talent is even Jennifer Love Hewitt, like I said, I didn't expect her to be able to sing. Mm-hmm. I like the Wizard of Oz esque thing of meeting meeting the ghost beforehand. Mm-hmm. I thought the ghosts were great there, but overall it's I just I really enjoyed this. Yeah. It's it's a decent version. It's I don't know if I would say it's one of my favorites, but it is in the upper half of all the versions that I've seen. It's definitely better than average. I think if I had, if I'm just talking about the musical um, Christmas Carol movies, and I'm not, I'm not counting the Tim Curry one, then this is probably my favorite one of them. I would still say Muppet Christmas Carol is a musical, so it wins for (laughs) me. No, no, definitely. I just I didn't grow up with Muppet Christmas Carol, so I don't have the nostalgia to it. But um, I the songs are really great too. I just like these songs better, and I love. I also like. Scrooge with Albert Finney, but is it really there's only one song that stands out for me from that. Thank you very much, which to this day I sing randomly whenever I need to say thank you very much. <laughs> so, yeah, I think this is probably my favorite live action musical version of Christmas Carol. Okay. I guess the question is if you were to cast the next <laughs> Christmas Carol movie, who do you who do you want to play Scrooge that hasn't played him? I feel like I've talked about this before. Um, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast. I know who I want. I've got to remember his name because it is not coming to my head. I'm going to kick myself when I figure it out, but I know exactly who I want. Joffrey Palmer. The name sounds familiar, but I have to look. I'm looking up a picture. Oh, he's already dead. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay oh yeah he died last year okay yeah i i think we did talk about this and i think you mentioned him last time i think he might have been alive at that point probably yeah so this happens a lot when we talk about people and then they end up dying oh no that's true with some honor black but yeah no he's he he was an amazing actor and he would have been perfect. I'm I'm surprised that he never did one. I'm looking over his page. It says he did. He narrated an audiobook version of it, but oh, okay. it's not quite the same. Who who at least be, he's in the realm? Who would be your next choice then? Who's alive? <laughs> um, I bet Peter Capaldi could be a good Scrooge. Okay, I can see that. I think for me, the person who I want I really want him to play him is Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> I love oh. Christopher Lloyd as Scrooge. He could do a good Scrooge. He could be a really decrepit Scrooge. He yeah, could really yeah. play it up. He, like really miserable. <laughs> <laughs> then at the end when he gets giddy and just starts jumping <laughs> jumping over all over his room. I can see that. So he's he's like my I hope he does Scrooge one day. You better do it quick. We just talked about him. Now he might okay. die. <laughs> the, the, the every every version ever cursed. <laughs> I guess unless we're wrapping up, I think the only thing we didn't talk about is Fred, the nephew, who is always an interesting character to me because he he's both extremely minor and unimportant, but at the same time, he's also very important. Yeah. I even forget who played him in this version. I don't think it was somebody that I recognized, because I think I looked him up and I didn't know anything he'd done. I know some versions go more to him and his wife and what they're doing more so than other versions. Well, I think that goes back to the book, too, because in the book there's a significant passage where, in present, he goes and visits them, but a lot of them play more into him visiting the Cratchits. And then at the end of the book, he does not go visit the Cratchits. He goes to Fred's house. So the versions that stick more to the book, Fred has a bigger role. And the versions that stick more to the he goes and visits the Cratchits at the end, Fred's role is kind of diminished. 
That's true. Is the, is the, you can't really balance the spotlight between the two of them. Like the version I'm thinking of is the George C. Scott version. Mm, yeah, he has a good role in there. Julian Ovenden. Ovenden. Oh, that's his name? Yeah. I guess he has some big roles, not in things that I've seen, but he was in Downton Abbey and Person of Interest. Uh, I haven't seen either. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen anything else that he's been in. Well, I suppose I think we've covered about everything we have to say about this version. Show dancer. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. That's my recommendation. <laughs> Yeah, and even though I don't like it as much as you do, yeah. I would still say it's definitely worth watching. It's a good version. Well, do you want to let people know where they can find you? Thanks. I want to thank you for having me on. I always enjoy doing these podcasts with you, and I, I always grateful whenever you invite me on to them. You can find me at my blogs. I have two blogs. The first one is Animation Commendation. It's an animation-themed uh, blog where I put reviews, um, some news. And, but I guess the biggest thing I do is I do a game show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Animation Edition. I just finished season seven of that, so you can check it out there at theanimationcommendation.com. I also have a YouTube um, channel linked to that, connected to that as well. And my other blog is My Live Action Disney Project at myliveactiondisneyproject.com where my goal is to watch and review every single theatrically released and Disney Plus released live action Disney movie ever made. And uh, I've been doing that for about eight years and there's still a lot more to go. <laughs> so check it out, thanks. Okay, I'll have those linked below. And I'm sure we'll see you again because we already have things planned for the future. Yeah, plans. <laughs> Okay, well, until next time. Peace out. Thanks for listening to this special Christmas episode of the podcast. If you like what you've heard, then don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you prefer. And of course, make sure to follow my co-hosts as well. Any relevant links will be in the description for easy access, and we'll see you soon for another brand new episode of the show. Thanks for listening, and Merry Christmas!